This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. They like to chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes release on Tuesdays in English and Wednesdays in Spanish. Bueno! Hi, I'm Terrence Mathis, former at Steelers wide receiver. You're listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker. With me is my co-host when he's not pitching for the L.A. Dodgers, Hunter Homestack. Hunter, how you doing? Hey, man, my arms, my shoulders a little sore, but we're doing all right, you know. Got to get out there, get my team to the World Series. So I did my best, but here we are, man. I gotta, I've got to show this quickly, just, just so people in the uh, Twitterverse get to see exactly how your homepage was blowing up when the uh, Dodgers were pitching. Uh, it's beautiful. I, I absolutely love this picture. Uh, here's a nice, beautiful picture of a, what appears to be a Hunter Homestead doppelganger uh, <laughs> pitching with a very large mullet out of the back with his nice uh, carrot quaff coming out of the back of his L.A. cap. See, uh, I, I aspire to have a nice, some nice locks like that. I'm trying to grow a mullet right now, actually. So, Dustin May, uh, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming for that hair title. What's funny is that I also got last year when I was covering the Pirates, I always got told that I look like Mitch Keller. And actually, uh-huh. one of the Pirates coaches actually mistook me for another <laughs> one time. Because <laughs> we are. We're like a similar size, too, height and everything. He's obviously in a little better shape than I am. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. I was destined to be an MLB pitcher, I think. I think I missed my calling, Striker. Oh, well, you know, I'm, even though you missed your calling, I'm happy as hell to have you at the SteelerNation.com podcast. Quickly, guys, too, we want to get, give a shout-out to our sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises, for another amazing free giveaway. Guys on Twitter, jump on Total Sports Enterprises and retweet the Victory Monday tweet from October 19th to win a signed Color Rush Bud Dupree jersey. He got two sacks. You can get a free jersey. You retweet. You you also, uh, bonus entry if you're following the at Steeler Nation podcast or our podcast on the YouTube page as well. So many ways to win. We give them away tomorrow. So good luck, Steeler Nation. One of you guys is going to be going home with that Bud Dupree signed jersey. 
But Dupree, I believe, I'm not super up to date on my stats, but I believe he's leading the team in sacks as well. So that's your Steelers sacks leader right now. Yep. Five yep. games You're through right. the Bud, season. Bud, Bud has out five pushing. sacks, and uh, yeah. TJ now has four and a half. Yeah, so Bud ahead of TJ, which who would have guessed that through five games? Both guys playing at an absolutely unreal level, though. That's obviously a jersey. If you're a Steelers fan, you want that jersey. Come on, Bud is completely balling out. <laughs> and finally, we got to enjoy a blowout for a game. Yeah. I mean, how many heart attacks do we have to have in the members <laughs> of Steeler Nation? It's been at least two years since I think we've won by a large margin. But, man, was this a fun one to watch. As the kids say, a Browns blowout just hits different, Striker. There's something something better to it whenever it's the Browns than just your average blowout, which, like you said, the Steelers have a, have a knack for giving you heart attacks on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. It always seems that they let a team crawl back in. That big early lead never stands. But, man, this one just started good and just got better. From the Minka pick six, it just, like, completely set the tone that this was going to be one of those games where – Everything goes right. I was trying to think like the last game that I really felt like this, and the only one that came to mind was that Thursday night game against the Panthers somewhat recently that the Steelers just wrecked maybe two, three years ago. The Steelers just completely wrecked the Panthers. And I think Vince Williams actually had a pick six in that one early. So like a similar similar kind of narrative where it just started great and just kept rolling from there. So Trounce and the Browns. Listen, not just beating – it's not just beating the Browns. It's that they beat them in every phase of the game yes. and made them quit. Baker yes. got benched. Miles Garrett got benched. Yep. They, they literally if, – if a white flag existed and was an option to throw in the towel, they would have. That's how bad the dismantling was. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they were hoping that it was, you know, amateur sports where they throw in the towel there after a 50-point game. But – uh not going to happen in the NFL, but smart <laughs> to take Baker out of the game. Um, <sighs> on the other side of the ball, though, Ben was just as efficient as Baker was terrible. Didn't have a whole lot of passes, 14 for 22. 162 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions, though. Awesome. But you look at a stat line like that, and you're thinking, you know, this is a stat line for a losing quarterback, and they won by 30 points. So that's yeah. a incredible stat that's how well the entire team was playing in all three three phases of the game great coverage units punting uh, maybe not as much since they're looking at a new punter today with Barry with Colquitt might be uh might might lose his job to Barry the old guy but hey we might get a discount on Barry then if that's the case yeah I mean but to to your first point there of just being efficient in all three phases I mean yeah absolutely ridiculous performance in all three phases of the game but it, it was just one of those games where just everything seemed to go right. The run game was so strong. I loved Ben saying afterwards that it felt like an old cower victory, you know, where yeah. you get ahead and then just hand it off to Bettis 20 times in the second half. And that's really all they had to do. Yeah. Obviously, you would have liked to see Ben's stats maybe be inflated or, or put up 300 yards because that's fun. But ultimately, this team's about winning. And I think yeah. that embodied it as much as any win this year. And to see Juju dancing at midfield afterwards was huge to me <laughs> yeah. because yeah, it was. of all the guys who got in on the action, Juju really didn't get too much action at all that game. Just had to block and kind of do the dirty work, draw some coverage to free other guys up. And this week it was James Washington who kind of benefited the most from that, I think. But yeah. Juju still having fun dancing at midfield afterwards, just kind of letting you know that he doesn't care about the stats. He just wants to win. Yeah, we got a couple of uh, Twitter handles here jumping on as well. One of them saying, go Spillane. We're all excited. Here we go. Nice. Another one also happy about Penn, Ben's performance, but we have to bring up 
the RPO options. He looks – the problem with Ben is he's not running RPOs like an RPO quarterback. He's mm-hmm. running the RPOs like a regular quarterback, making his reads before the snap as opposed to an RPO quarterback that makes their reads as soon as they have that ball in the running back's gut. That's yeah. usually when an RPO quarterback makes the read. Ben already has a pre-read, oh, I'm going to go throw that ball, and just makes it look like an RPO. So if he starts getting to that point where he's comfortable pulling that ball out of the gut or throwing it into the gut of Connor, you know, that's going to really help and enhance that aspect of the game. But, yeah, two times early in that game, he had some, some chances. That first ball looked like it was going to get picked. Yeah. Um, they hit the ground, and the one later was well covered as well. So, so good points there, too. And, uh, yeah, well, obviously we know Ben's not going to run the football, but they, he has the option of giving it to that running back to run the football, to draw everybody toward the inside of the field. But at least on those plays – they weren't pulling everybody, anybody off of those receivers at all. The Browns were incredibly ready for that. That was maybe they one were. thing. That, one thing they did well was, like you said, there were two two passes that maybe could have or should have been picked. Who knows how that could have changed the momentum of the game and everything? But they yeah. were not fooled by that at all. I didn't love it. Obviously, it wasn't successful, but I don't love it in general just because, like you said, the threat of Ben running the ball is not there anyway. He's not Lamar Jackson. You're not really fooling too many people. But I like the idea of letting him make the read and letting him see what he sees and make the read ahead of time. That's fine. But overall, I mean, crap, man. You win 38-7. You can't complain too much. I, about I know, right? And Ben finally had a quarterback sneak, man. You know how we're all lamenting this on the show. We're like, you know, it doesn't even scare other teams if you got the, one of the biggest quarterbacks in the league lining up in shotgun in short yardage situations. Finally, they throw Ben back out there on the short yardage, and he was able to pick one up down there by the goal line. So then they pinch it in a couple plays later. But, man, great job to finally utilize these short – to utilize at least the sneak to keep other defenses honest. I mean, that's that's an amazing thing. And Ben now – this is an interesting stat that I didn't know until I, I saw the research on this. Ben now has 149 career quarterback wins. That is the most – he just passed Elway and Marino, 148 and 147, for the, for the quarterbacks that have played their entire career with one team. So that's wow. a really interesting stat. Obviously, Breeze is still ahead of him. Um, uh, you know, uh, freaking Brady's ahead of him. But those are guys that change teams within their careers. So, you know, th- that's a really interesting stat, and it goes to show how much, you know, Pittsburgh really appreciates Ben's – what he gives to the team as a whole, as a leader, as a Hall of Fame talent. I mean, he's just an amazing guy, and he keeps racking up stats. now. And now he's 25-2 and two career at home in October, which that's I know. That's crazy. That's he's lost twice at home in October since he's been a Steeler. He so, is, he is <laughs> the Patrick Mahomes of September in October, apparently. <laughs> he just can't lose. Yeah, somebody needs to do yeah. that breakdown, like quarterback by – like if you could have the perfect quarterback each month. <laughs> Each month of the season, who would it be? I would actually be – if any of you does that research, I would be super thankful. <laughs> oh, I know. that. Yeah. So, I want Patrick Mahomes in September. I want yeah, Ben in October. October. <laughs> yeah. But that's we got a, We got a couple questions on Facebook, too. Sure. I'll tack, you want to tackle yeah. one of these. Uh, how do you – from Anthony. First off, Anthony. Hey, Anthony. How you doing, bud? Always here. We appreciate the support, man. How do you cool. see Robert Spillane stepping in to fill in for Bush or them bringing in someone new? as yeah. he looked pretty good coming in last week. So yeah. you got the injury report, Stryker, so you go yeah, ahead and tackle that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want me to take it? oh, yeah. Spillane, yeah I'm, I'm high up on Spillane. Uh, I thought he did an excellent job because he came in right there with two minutes to go at the end of the half because that's unfortunately when uh, Bush went down with his injury. 
But for the second half, I mean, from that point on, he led the team in tackles from that point. I think the, the only per, the league leader or the team leader in tackles that day, I think was Hayward with eight and he still ended up with six and he made some big shots. I mean, he was playing downhill. It almost looked like having two Vince Williams on the field there for a bit. Uh, they didn't really have a chance to push him in the press, the press attack to see how he can handle covering, you know, slot receivers or covering um, running backs out of the backfield yet. I think that's going to be more, attacked this week I think they're really going to push to attack Spillane this week but as as far as for being a capable tackler that's able to read and react to the running game I think he's your guy um I I think he's obviously he's a step down in the passing game he's not going to cover sideline sideline as well as Devin Bush as well he's slower he's in the four seven range not in the four four range but he can still be intact impactful he reads the plays well he made a lot of good that one big smack in the backfield that he made for his TFL was that's a big boy play. So I was happy to see him make it early. I anticipate him being able to do that again uh, this week. And if not too, even working in, I mean, we've got Marcus Allen converted from safety exactly for this region reason as well as EG three. Yeah. Ulysses, uh, Ulysses Gilbert, not Ulysses Grant. There it is. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Ulysses Gilbert. I mean, he's been a preseason phenom Last year, they could, I mean, he jumped off the charts. Everybody saw his preseason stuff last, the two years ago. Last year, we didn't see it because it's COVID, but we heard that he was doing really, really, really well in preseason. And I'm still dumbfounded at the fact that he wasn't higher up on the depth chart, but I don't know if that has to do with his ability or inability to play special teams. Mm-hmm. But he is a very, very – he's probably the most athletic option we have to playing that question. So right. we'll he have is. to see – Oh, one thing – that, that's th- why it's, it's the people in front. We think it's special teams is probably the reason why he hasn't been activated. I'm getting Twitter questions here in real time. Nice. No worries, man. One thing I just wanted to throw in on that is the idea of simply going out and trading or picking up a free agent to replace Devin Bush. It's a crazy notion, and it's the most Steelers fans notion yeah. ever because you always want the best for your team. You always want – I totally get that. I get where you're coming from, but – do you really think there would be a Devin Bush caliber linebacker just sitting out there in free agency yeah. that's not on a team? Give up to get them. <laughs> what what you have? To, I mean, the Steelers already showed what they had to give up just to draft Devin Bush. This yeah. is a special player. This is a different category of player. Yeah. So you're not going to just trade a fourth round pick and get Darius Leonard from the Colts or something. Yeah. Somebody close to Devin Bush. It's just not going to happen. It's not feasible. And I've seen Juju thrown into that discussion as well. Trade Juju. All that oh. does. Gosh, your yeah. offense. I'm, not, I'm not touching the roster. Yeah. This yeah. is the year made to, made to win a Super Bowl. Exactly. Don't don't mess with the formula right now. Yeah. When you take Juju away, we saw last week he wasn't that effective against Cleveland, but he just wasn't effective on the box score. He was extremely effective in drawing the safety over to help free up James Washington, to help draw some double coverage. The same kind of things that people said yeah. Juju benefited from when A.B. played across from him. Those are now the things that Juju is doing to open up everybody else on that team that, you know, they're all good players. They're all yeah, actually get rid of him. great receivers. So, <laughs> and like we're saying too, like back when it happened the last time with um, Shazier, I mean, yeah. Steelers, they did have a backup. It was Tyler Matikavich who happened to hurt himself in the exact same game a quarter later. And they were gutted. So then, yeah, they yeah. went out and they picked up uh, Sean Spence. They picked him back up again who was an athletic linebacker, but he just not never got it between the ears, as Tomlin always likes to say. Yep. So, But this year, I mean, I am going into the draft, I thought we had zero depth. Coming out of training camp with Marcus Allen, bumping down into there to help out in that money backer role, 
uh, Spillane playing well, Ulysses, Ulysses Gilbert playing well. I mean, I, I feel that they're more able to handle this loss this year. Like, at the beginning of the season, I, I would have said, if, if Bush is off, there's no chance of winning the Super Bowl. Now I'd be like, right. we've got pieces right. in place that can not do it as well as Bush, but at least do it well enough that we can still have a, a, a top elite defense. Right. And let's at least completely acknowledge the fact that this is a huge blow, nonetheless. You yeah. know, we we can say all we want that they're equipped to handle this, or at least better equipped than we thought, which I do think is true. And and drawing that Shazier comparison, you know, that defense was completely different without Shazier for the rest of the year. It looked like a different team playing defense after he went down. So I don't think it's quite to that degree. I think this team has a lot more talent in general all around than that 2017 defense had. So I don't think it's a direct apples to apples comparison, but losing Devin Bush is huge, man. He, yeah. He's an elite talent, a top 10 pick. He, he's everything that he was built to be and was living up to it for good reason. He allows other people to be special. So it's going to be a challenge for them. Absolutely. But I'm excited to see how this crew that they have in Spillane, Marcus Allen, hopefully Ulysses does get some snaps because like you said, Stryker, he is the closest to Bush in terms yeah. of sheer measurable athleticism. Yeah. yeah. Athleticism. So Maybe he can find he can step up and find his groove as a, as a starter or at least as a backup, getting some reps. So we're going to see. Right now, it looks like they're going to roll with Spillane, which, like you said, you know he deserves he deserves that based on how he played against Cleveland because didn't miss a beat in that one. But now he's going to have an offense that is scheming to expose him. So we'll we'll see how that works out. Sure too. Yeah, and uh, three rushing touchdowns from three different players. Chase Claypool again showing he can score. You know, both catching a ball and running a ball, but he got a one on the ground there. Benny Snell with a touchdown on short yardage, which, like, we know that that's going to be his role. Benny Snell coming in and getting a, a clutch one as well. And James Conner breaking 100, man. Your, your guy, you know, James, Pittsburgh James. Crazy, man. The dude is just defying. He, he's – I think he listened to our show early when I was trashing him and was like, I hate this guy. I'm going to go <laughs> – I'm going to go rush for 100 yards. And, uh, I'm kidding, by the way. There's a 0% oh, chance that he listens yeah. or cares what I say. But, uh, it, it's I mean, it's encouraging. How can you not be encouraged by James Conner's performances? Not just from a numbers standpoint, but actually watching him play. You know, he's got a little pop. I do feel like he's lost a little quickness and agility and is sometimes making a weird – trying to make too much happen, I should say. Okay. I, I think he maybe yeah. is still – dancing a bit not just hitting the hole and getting what he can get it doesn't look like he has that same quickness and agility he once had but it works and yeah. like you said a couple rushing touchdowns from a couple of different players it doesn't have to be the James Conner show it's not the Le'Veon Bell days anymore so they can get away with just this efficiency and spreading the ball around which that's at all layers of their offense man that, that goes for receivers tight end, wherever it doesn't matter who's getting it it just matters that somebody's getting it yeah and so far that so far they've uh <laughs> It's worked. They're five and zero. Oh. You like I said, right? Five and zero. Oh. You can't be too upset, but you know. And obviously, we just talked about how Ben had a low production game. I mean, he he was efficient. He didn't have to throw the ball around a lot. Still, Chase Claypool four receptions, seventy four yards. Uh, James Washington four uh, catches for uh, sixty eight yards on seven targets and a touchdown. So, you know, still getting the ball out in the appropriate times. That that double move to James Washington was a great play by Ben to catch Ward playing aggressively on that edge because that was the same way we kind of caught them earlier with Mika Fitzpatrick. And Chase Claypool catching that one ball down the left sideline, man, I, every time I rewatch that replay, I'm like, how did he get under it? Because it's one of those balls that Ben lets go. He's like, oh, he overthrew the guy. Yeah. It's like, it just came out too quick, too far. 
And we have a guy now that's long enough, fast enough, and, and good enough tracking the ball that can extend and catch those type of balls that you think have no chance of coming down with. It's that actually an amazing play. It's, Chase has continued to surprise us, I think, every yeah. week. It's like you see him do something amazing one week, but then comes back and somehow tops himself. Tonight. I mean, his first NFL catch was one of the best catches of the year, that one yeah. against the Giants, the, the toe <laughs> tapping on the sideline. I mean, just ridiculous. The guy – is everything that he's been built to be. And at this point, it's 100% safe to say that wasn't a fluke. I mean, the guy is legit. He's, he's balling out. And this that was without Deontay Johnson once again. So I think getting Deontay back will make things a little more interesting. It could make yeah. Chase even more of a weapon because that's one less guy that can pay attention to Chase. You know, they're going to have to dedicate some resources to stopping Deontay. Yeah. So there's that. But on the flip side, you know, Deontay's also going to hog some targets that otherwise could have gone to Chase. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic plays out. But once again, they've got an abundance of riches. It's a super good place to be. From a fantasy football perspective, it's a terrible place to be because you're not sure who's going to get it from week to week. (laughs) Don't even have a stealer receiver. Get Connor. Connor's the guy you can bet on. Again, I mean, even though Ben's being smart, like I'm saying, we're relying on the running game a lot to close out games get their touches and get the yardage. Yeah, I mean if you saw a final if you saw a final score of 38-7, you would have assumed Ben had at least like three touchdowns. Exactly. That he was a pretty big yeah. part of that, but they, he just wasn't. It didn't need no, to three be. rushing touchdowns instead. Yeah, exactly. And a defensive <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So here's something you made me think of then, Hunter, talking about um, you know, that whole DJ and Chase kind of way is, you know, you go back to the days when you had Heinz Ward and Plexico Burris, who was newly drafted to the team. Mm-hmm. And that team exploded both because you had Heinz Ward for those possession downs, and then you stretched the field with Plexico Burris. When both of them were over 1,000 yards. Both of them had great games. I mean, even to an extent, too, with Juju and A.B., um, yep. having that bigger receiver on the outside back when they were playing him more at the Z there that one year. Um, and now he's more of a slot receiver. But, you know, this, this is the same type of thing. It, it, will, it could be, you know, a, a – a situation where you have more talent than you think you have when you start utilizing and it starts showing like it did in the past. I think so too. I mean, I think once they find the secret formula, so to speak, it's going to be absolutely filthy. I mean, we talked about on the show a lot in that the offense is doing well, but there's still another level that they can read. There's still a different level of efficiency and danger that they can reach. I think one of the closest things that Steelers fans can watch to kind of understand that is just to watch any Chiefs game. And, of course, last night, yes. last night's game was not really the great example because they went to a ground attack. They, they clearly saw a weakness there with the Bills' defense and just crushed them on the ground. But when you watch the Chiefs' offense and it's humming, they will, you know, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, and then boom, a 60-yard touchdown to Hill right. or, or, you know, right. Kelsey for 40 yards down the seam. It's more of those splash plays. I think we're going to start seeing more of those splashy big plays from this Steelers offense as the whole crew gets together and they really start hitting their stride. They're going to be able to just completely annihilate defenses in one shot. Yeah, Twitter saying, too, they want to see McFarlane getting four or five touches a game. I would, too. He probably would have last week had he forgot he was supposed to get the handoff on the draw. Big deal. He spaced out. I I don't know if you guys recognize that play, but there was a play where – he and Ben Roethlisberger were lined up in shotgun, and Ben Roethlisberger ended up running a quarterback draw. That's not a sign on the sheet. There is no way <laughs> in the Randy Baker <laughs> offense will we ever have a shotgun draw with Ben Roethlisberger. It's because he looked over to, to uh, McFarland, who, who went to block, and then Ben's like, well, I guess I got to run it. <laughs> 
Well, hey, hey Ben got his four or five yards, but uh, hey, fortunately Ben didn't get hurt. They did pull exactly. out McFarland after that. that he, McFarland's going to be worked in. That was a rookie mistake. So exactly. don't worry too much about it, guys. You, you know, moving forward, I think he's going to get his touches. And because across the board, I think Tinker's done a great job of limiting even James Conner's touches. He's right around – he's under 20 touches a game, like 18 to 20 touches a game, which is like Steeler right. running backs, we're used to them getting 25, 30 times. Well, it's what you want. And, I mean, on, yeah. the, Mc, on the McFarland front, it's exactly what we saw with Benny Snell as well, where he came out with that great 100-yard game but fumbled in each game, fumbled twice, and then he gets benched for a while, gets sent back. That's exactly what happened with McFarland. And you see this with young running backs. All the stuff you do great, you know, that's awesome. Like McFarland showing this burst, showing this speed – Everything about that's awesome, but they need to rely on you to protect the quarterback and to do your job. When you show that you're not protecting the quarterback, not protecting the ball, or flat-out forgetting plays, as it looked like McFarland did, they're not going to be afraid to bench you. There's other guys on this team that they feel comfortable are going to go in and do the job. So that's literally Tomlin's the standard is the standard. That's them implementing the standard is the standard. And he was not up to standard on that play, so he got to sit the bench for a little bit. But (laughs) – I think we both like you learn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Benny learned as well. I mean, they all do. They, they get it. So now McFarland gets to work with that, which I think is great. So we'll see how he gets to battle through that. You know, maybe that could be the wake up call he needed to buckle down, but I definitely think they have something exciting with him. It's very, it's evident just watching him every time he touches the ball, there's a different level of burst with him. Yeah. And let's give some talk now to the defense. I mean, (laughs) It was a great – I mean, we were worried about, like, what's happened to the pass defense? Where's Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, Minka Fitzpatrick said, here I am on the first yeah. third down of the game and yeah. took it right to the end zone. So, I mean, how Ridiculous. great was it as a Steeler fan to be able to sit there? I mean, yeah, we're bummed. Steeler didn't get a touchdown now for the third. So, three years running, the Steelers haven't scored a touchdown on their opening drive. It will come, guys. Mm-hmm. It will come. Eventually. But <laughs> – but, yeah, but to get that, t- that that field goal at least, got some points on the board, first drive back, third play, pick six, Steelers up 10 nothing. It's beautiful. Yeah. The, the defense scored a touchdown on its first drive before the offense. How about that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think they did in the previous game last year. I think that was the fumble. That's crazy, actually. That they, that they had last. So the defense does Chargers. a good job at scoring touchdowns yeah. on opening drives than yeah. the offense does. <laughs> hey, that's just what kind of defense they're working with this year. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, dude, you want to talk about the defense. Do you still have those uh, – before we went on air, do you still have those Missy Matthews stats that she just tweeted? Oh, out? well, it's on her Twitter, so I just have all to bring right. up her Twitter. But if you the- want to, why don't you grab that while I'm just going through the team stats? All right, all right. Um, I was going to say on there. So, uh, but on the start, the defense went like two. It had a great game on D, forcing a fumble there down by the goal line that the Steelers nearly got another first and goal off of that turnover. Four sacks on the day. You got Bud with two, Sutton with one, and then Tuit and Bush each had a half sack. Um, six TFLs. Obviously, we talked about Fitzpatrick's interception return for a touchdown. Sutton, I mean, to get an interception and a sack, he did a great job filling in and helping out, too, when Hilton went down with a shoulder injury, doing what Hilton does best, getting after the quarterback, getting, getting an interception, which was fantastic. And yeah. Hayden with three passes defense, which was big, and he nearly had a pick, uh, an interception on the one. Absolutely. So here are some stats. The Steelers' defense is from Missy Matthews. From Missy Matthews on Twitter, yeah. The Steelers' defense leads the NFL in quarterback hit percentage on pass plays, 27.5%. So, literally more than one out of every four times the opposing quarterback drops back, they're getting hit. He's getting hit. That's just terrible. (laughs) 
quarterback hurries, quarterback hurries per game, defensive net passing yards, sacks, sacks per game, quarterback pressures, quarterback pressures per game, tackles for a loss, and total yards allowed. Uh, so, and keep in mind, they're leading sacks with already having their bye week as well, playing one sacks fewer Sacks and TFLs games. being a game yeah. under most teams. You're right. That's, that's a huge stat there. Hunter. It's absolutely ridiculous. And one of the only reasons uh, – one more you could throw into this is I saw they're the last defense to have not allowed 100 total points yet this year. But, again, they've played oh, one wow. fewer game, so that's a little unfair. They're actually second, I think, in points per game to the Ravens. So, okay. right there, I mean – Come on, though. These these stats are ridiculous. When you talk about how good the defense was last year and everybody thought, you know, they could be that good or a little better this year, it's exactly yeah. what we're seeing. They are literally that good and a little better this year. Now, all that was with Devin Bush. So we'll see how Devin Bush impacts all this. But for the most part, you've got to be just so happy with the Steelers' defense so far. It's one of the yeah. – it's back to the time striker, which I'm sure you felt the same in, like, 2008, 2010, 12. Like, you get more excited to watch the defense than the offense. At least yeah, I do. Like, I get excited when the other offense has to come out. It's like, all right, let's see what this defense got for us. So, it's, it's yeah. just, they're crazy fun to watch and just talent everywhere. I mean, you he, when you just ran through everybody, striker that got a sack or made a play, it was basically everybody that was in the game. <laughs> like, yeah, it's literally much. just everybody gets in on the action Every, now. Exactly. You can't – and that's the problem, too, with the Steelers is, like, when you're playing a team like Tennessee – you know you're keying in on J.J. Watt. When you're playing a team like the Rams, you know you're keying in on Aaron Darnold. When you're playing a team like the Steelers, who do you key on? Are you going to key on Tuit? Are you going to key on Hayward? Or is Alou's going to come right up the middle? Or Alou's going to come right up in the middle on you guys? Yeah, and then which edge do you stop? Do you, do you throw the second guy over on Bud's side? Or do you throw the second guy on TJ's side? Because either which one you pick, the other one's getting there. Yeah, I mean, this you is can't a do really it. T- that, that's why this defense is so good is because – so many people can make plays on it. That's a great, great call, Hunter. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, man. It but is. Crazy, crazy fun to watch. Big challenge coming up, though. I mean, you got a battle undefeateds coming up, and the Titans are definitely no slouch team at all, and they're actually no. an offense-heavy team as well. So that defense is going to get tested. Yeah. And so, you know, just, you know, Hayward ended up leading the tackles with eight. Tuit was second with five, and I think he also tied um, uh, Spillane also with five, so four and one. Nice. Uh, on those tackles and the, the defensive line just as a total is stepping up in that run game. And that's the Steelers strength is, is twofold. I mean, they're stopping the run and they're pressuring the quarterback at record levels. And when you have those two things working hand in hand, hmm. that makes for a, a completely one dimensional football team that you're going up against. As long as you're not losing the turnover battle, the right. turnover battle is the most important equalizer in all football. That's how bad teams win. Steelers lost to Cleveland like a few years back when they had eight fumbles that they lost. So like that's how you lose games in the NFL. So just the whole way, this is the biggest test coming up. Good point there too, Jasmine too on Twitter. Um, Because now, but now we're facing the Titans, which has the best running back in the league, arguably. And then we go up against the Ravens, whose entire offense is a running offense. So, and then you go up against Dallas, who has a hurt quarterback. So of course they got to rely on Zeke. So you've got the next three opponents. Their strength is the Steelers' strength on defense. Mm-hmm. We were feeling it this past week because that was the same thing with Cleveland. They were leading the league in rushing there for, right. for a bit. And then until they went up against our front seven. And then all of a sudden, Cleveland is a team that's like, why do they have Baker Mayfield? Everybody, Everybody's trashing Baker Mayfield today. You know, Ryan Clark, uh, Colin Coward, everybody is t- just 
pulling the ripcord on, on Baker Mayfield, just like how can you, you know, build your team around this guy? He clearly isn't the answer. And that's tough because, I mean, he was 10 for 18, 119 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions before he was pulled from the game. His coach gave him the ripcord because his coach, you know, is taking the heat from it. He says, well, I just don't want to see my quarterback getting hurt anymore. Yeah. We, we know for a fact, though, he was playing like absolute garbage. It was trash. <laughs> I mean, that's why he got pulled. The two uh, but, picks, the yeah. two picks were just terrible throws, too. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, yeah. Minko, Minko was not very disguised or anything. He just flat out never saw him, and Minka destroyed him on that. The yeah. Sutton pick was just—I don't even know what he was thinking there. Under pressure, rolling to his right, just floated it terribly. Yeah. It was he just was terrible. Like you watch the game, there's no doubt he had happy feet. Everything about it was bad. But yeah. all credit to the Steelers' defense for causing him to play like that. Whenever you're getting hit. One out of every four times you drop back. Yeah, right. You get get happy feet. That's that's what causes that. So, so all credit to them on that. But man, the Titans just look like a different animal this year. And I know you said Derrick Henry, obviously one of the best running backs in the league. And I don't know if he is the best, but he probably is the most problematic. And when you're just when you're that big and that fast, being huge and strong never goes out of style in the NFL. (laughs) And it's like a unique guy. Like Mike Tomlin just alluded to it in his press conference today it's like bud dupree running down the field with a football it's ridiculous it's that big that yeah. strong that fast and the guy moves like he's a, a, a jitterback he moves like he's mcfarland it's uh, ridiculous tackles in the hole and then plus getting that top line speed and running by you know four three four four corners yeah in, in the secondary because that nine, duck stick him first. <laughs> I'm sure you guys saw the the 94 yard touchdown he had last week, but it was it was ridiculous to watch because it's yeah. exactly like you just said, Striker. Somebody that big should not be pulling away from people in a straight line. Like that's that's not fair. That's literally not fair. So Le'Veon Bell couldn't even do that. No, Bell would always get in the clear and never pull away. He'd always tap yep. out of like 26 yards is about as long. Yeah. <laughs> He exactly. might get five to six of them a game, but that's all he's doing. So Henry, Henry is literally he's bigger, big. faster. He's just a he's he's a specimen, man. So they're is. they're gonna have to be they're gonna have to be buttoned up to stop that. Now the Steelers did. Now unfortunately, you never never ever happy about somebody else's injuries, but no. the, the Titans did lose Taylor Lewan oh, to an ACL, Lewan. one of their All Pro tackles. So their offensive okay. line took a huge blow there, just as the Steelers' defense lost Bush. Yes. It's about the same in, in orders of magnitude of importance that Luan yeah. has for them on that offensive line. So that's a huge loss for them. So we don't know how that's going to look. But, like, when you dig into the Titans' stats, obviously you've got the run game. You've got Henry, Luan, yeah. obviously crucial for that. But also, Tannehill has only been sacked five times this year. And only in one game was he sacked twice, and that was the most recent game. Wow. So the pass protection, clearly their offensive line is a strength. So to yeah. lose – the best guy in that unit, we might see if that affects them. And Tannehill hasn't faced a pass rush like the Steelers. And I, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't sure. even know. It do, I don't even have to know what pass rushes he has faced. I know he hasn't faced one like the Steelers because he hasn't faced the Steelers. <laughs> I know. And to make a point on that as well, I mean, you know, the Steelers are going up against Henry, but the Steelers also have not allowed 90 yards plus to a rush running back since week 14 in 2017 and that says a lot because the Steelers team last year other teams should have been able to ball control against that the way that we were ball controlling on offense we were actually did a decent job there in the middle of the season but toward the end of the season we were figured out um but to still not allow one Henry's got a chance of doing it this week we'll see I mean obviously he can do it in one play 
the way that guy right him off but at and least that- uh, one thing that i was really happy to see from between the two weeks steeler nation was about ready to jump off one of the 200 bridges there in pittsburgh yeah because previous week we allowed 10 of 14 on third downs to the eagles and but last week they corrected it man one of 12 and 0 for three on fourth down yeah that's 15 opportunities to get that first down and only one time did they do it that is I mean, insane yeah literally everything went right in that game on, on all levels and just i want to jump back on that 90 yard performance stat yeah. you just dropped that's even crazier when you consider that miles sanders had a 74 yard touchdown run right and still couldn't get 90 <laughs> like yeah. that was that was all he did in that game so that that's a ridiculous stat man but it henry is. henry is you know, I'm excited for this matchup. This is like a matchup of Titans here. Right? Hey, no pun, no it, pun intended. It is. <laughs> Literally a matchup of Titans. <laughs> a matchup of the Clash of the Titans. So, Even though and- sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid Thanks through December a lack 31st. of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. For me... It's on the back porch with my big screen and an ice-cold Pepsi watching Chase Claypool catch bombs from Ben Roethlisberger. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Anthony said, do you see the Steelers finally getting the respect they deserve if they're able to hold off the Titans and... I would first say I think the Steelers are getting the respect now after what they did for the Browns. I saw Bleacher Report had them number one in their power rankings. I've seen a lot of places putting them in the top five power rankings. So I think they're getting that respect already. But if they hold off the Titans, yes, obviously. But if they thoroughly beat convincingly the Titans, it's going to be – people are going to be predicting them to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And I call this – people were asking me like three weeks ago, when are the Steelers going to get their – you know, their recognition nationally. And to me, it was always, what are they going to do against the Ravens? So, you know, it it was, if they can beat the Ravens, I think that's when the Steelers will be elevated to elite status because the league is still holding the Ravens in a very high elite regard because of their 15 and one record the previous season. Though, you know, Jackson's having a difficult time getting the, getting over 150 yards passing now. I mean, teams are starting to shut down that run and force him to pass to beat him and he can't. 
yeah. or he's not right now. But, I mean, they're still winning some games. But they start going up against teams like the Titans, like Buffalo, like our team. And it, it, it's going to be a really tough game for them. But I, I think, for me, that is when the Steelers are going to truly be seen as an elite team in the AFC is if they can beat the Ravens. Absolutely. And, and they got them coming up after the Titans. So it'll yeah. be, the questions will be answered very soon for you there, Anthony, I think starting with the Titans, obviously, but th- this Titans team, man, it's just, it's not the same team. Last year, you think of them as kind of a purely smash mouth defensive oriented kind of grind you down team. That's just not who they are this year. The defense actually, I think it's, this should encourage Steelers fans. The Titans are allowing 25.2 points per game, and they've allowed 30 points quite a few times this year already to teams, including yep. most recently against the Texans, who I think put up 36, I want to say. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's not a dominant defense. Like the Steelers yeah. will have their opportunity to put up points in this game, but the Titans are pretty vicious on offense, man. Obviously they got the running attack with Henry, but Tannehill is playing – at a level that he's never played at. You know, he's been good since Tennessee gave him like a career rebirth for sure. Not the same quarterback he was in Miami, but since he's taken over from Mariota, he's been very good. He's actually, I mean, if you check sites, Tannehill is in the MVP conversation and that sounds crazy. But once, once you dig into the stats, the dude has two 300 yard games already at 70% completion percentage. He's both efficient and just putting up numbers. So this team is, they're, they're firing right now, man. This is not a good week to have lost Devin Bush and maybe be dealing with some issues on defense. But the encouraging thing is if it has to get into a shootout, the Titans, you can put up points on the Titans. Yeah. And, but here's the thing, too. Leave it to national media to put Ryan Tannehill in the MVP conversation before Ben Roethlisberger when they have essentially the exact same freaking stats. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course. And will never get love from national media. They always still hate him because he was a dick when he was younger. Obviously, we all know that. But in the last 10 years, man, especially this year, is like he's, the, he's one of the, the most driven leaders that I've ever seen, you know, on, for the Steelers because he's, he's pumping up his team. He's taking all the responsibility. He's hardest on himself even after wins. And yep. the guy just continues to perform and get better every week. And he's doing – He's doing shit right now that we're not even used to him doing, which is coming up in the line of scrimmage and, like, recognizing what's going on, moving receivers, younger receivers, to the appropriate spot pre-snap on audibles to make big plays and get touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he has one pick through five games, guys. Like, I don't know how much more efficient Ben can get at this point. This is, like, peak efficiency, Ben. Maybe not putting up 500 yards and, and six touchdowns, like like he has in the past but again they haven't needed that and he's been incredibly efficient great blend of being a game manager and a playmaker when they need it honestly I know you said you draw the comparison to Tannehill but honestly that's exactly how Tannehill is playing this year too so like for yeah. students yeah. to understand what Very he it's, it's a lot like Ben's been playing but with a slightly higher volume stats so yeah it's going to be a fun game man I think it's going to be a shootout I think both teams are going to at least flirt with 30. I can't. The stats went up too because of the bye week when we were going to play each other back in week four. Yeah. They like literally had like seven touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yard, it's like everything. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can't see. I I just can't envision even the Titans having you know a good balanced offense. I can't see a team putting up thirty on that Steelers defense without a kick return or a defensive touchdown or something weird. Yeah. I just can't see it. So I think the Steelers will win like thirty to twenty-one or so is what yeah. the kind of game I see. 
I can see that too. I'm like, I was thinking like 28 to 21, depending on if they can change those touchdowns to field goals. That's what the Steelers yeah. defense has been doing. Absolutely. Um, and, and right now Steelers being five and zero. the last time it's now a record since their 1978 team, which mm-hmm. went seven and zero. So we'll see if the Steelers can add to that, see if they can get close to that 78 team. Um, at Crazy. least injury wise, I wasn't able to touch base on everything. Cause we just kind of jumped into the Tennessee Titans before even going through the format of the show, which is fine because we love, 30, 35 17 coming out here. Yep. On uh, on Twitter. 35 17. Uh, we got that. another uh, Twitter report there. They did that. I'm for that. I'd be all for that score. So, uh, <laughs> but on the injury front, at least, that we had Mike Tomlin go through everything on the presser. Um, we have more information on Stephen Wisniewski. Evidently, he, he practiced a little bit last week. He is going to be practicing again this week. We'll see because the possibility here, too, Hunter, is they might be throwing. Bush on IR and taking um, Wisniewski off of IR on the same day so they don't have to make a roster change. Sure. And they're just still, you know, they still have enough depth on the for inside linebacker to be able to utilize. Um, so, you know, everything else is pretty much square. Obviously, Dude. Devin Bush hurt his ACL. He's going to be out for the season. That's a nine-month injury, Steeler, Steeler Nation. So we're looking to get him back, you know, maybe by July next year. So – Fingers crossed. Hopefully he'll be in, in good shape. And fortunately he's a young body to recover from it. But you hate to see speed guys yeah. get a get a big ligament injury like that. Um, it's terrible. Derek Watt ended, ended up like re-hitting um, uh, his hamstring in that game. I, they, they called it a grade two initially. I didn't have him projected to start him for, for two months. And they, they brought him back at five weeks. So, you know, I was hoping he was doing well. It swelled. So they're going to be keeping an eye on him this week. We'll see if he plays or not. Uh, David Castro is supposed to be practicing tomorrow as well as Deontay Johnson. We'll see how that goes with them. And Mike Hilton as well is supposed to be practicing uh, with his shoulder injury that he caught in the game. We'll have to see how they participate to see if they're going to be playing this weekend. But they did not mention Marquise Pouncey. They did pull Marquise Pouncey out of the game because I did see uh, Hausner in there snapping the ball and was snapping pretty well because I didn't even notice it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly, man. I mean, that's all you can ask for. One of the craziest things when – Going through that injury report, one of the things that stands out to me is Wisniewski making his return or starting to get near a return. It's funny that DeCastro has been injured, and I haven't once wondered where Wisniewski was or wished that Wisniewski was healthy because Dotson has stepped up in such a big way that Wisniewski actually hasn't been needed, which, you know, it's good to have even that additional layer of depth now. But it's just crazy what Dotson's done. We talk about him every show, but I'm going to keep talking about him every show because the young man (laughs) deserves it, and he was snuck. He was snubbed for the combine invite, snubbed for all the attention, drops hey, to the He was not snubbed by Steeler Nation. Big Knot, yeah. Big Dot got a nice interview with us right when he was drafted. So exactly. If you want to go back to the podcast page, scroll down to the interviews, check out the interview on Big Dot because he was a great guy to have. Steeler yeah. Nation born and bred and now playing for him, just like the way that we envision anybody Crazy. who's a Steeler fan growing up. And, Crazy, man. You know, even now, too, like with, with Wisniewski coming back, now I'm at the point is – do you want to take out Dotson to put Wisniewski in? And I'm like, no, it's like, you just might as well have Wisniewski backing up the interior line. Like he's, he was paid to do anyway, because if, you know, he's a better center than Hausner, in my opinion, but you know, Dotson's showing me, he doesn't need to be taken off the field. Dude, you can't. I mean, he's (laughs) passing every tent, passing literally every test that's been thrown his way. You can't take that guy out. Not only he's earned the playing time, but also, he's only going to get better with reps. Like you want that guy to play because he's clearly 
he has a spot, not just now, but in the future. Like I'm, I've seen enough. I'm comfortable enough saying that, that he is a piece of that offensive line moving forward in a big way. And now it's time for the show for questions from Steeler Nation. Thank you so much to Facebook. Thank you so much to Twitter, giving us real-time questions from Steeler Nation. Now we're going to from the SteelerNation.com forum page. If you guys jump on there, we do a lot of questions from all there as well. So the um, first question I got coming in is from Hoots. He gave an interesting question, and this is one I kind of want to break down with you, Hunter. So do all you want right, to take go. offense or defense to lead? Uh, I truly don't care. Surprise me. All right, we'll start you off on offense. <laughs> All right. So, Hoot's question is, name one player on each unit who has surprised you the most this year and why. I'll, I'll list the unit. You can go ahead and then start to list your surprise player for that unit. We'll start off with you on tight end. I mean, that's got to be Ebron just because I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, obviously. Never seen him play on this offense, but – Vance has been Vance. Vance has been exactly what I expected. Ebron, honestly, it hasn't been that surprising, but just if I'm forced to pick who is the most, obviously, Ebron. Well, I'll tell you what's surprising to me. Obviously, I think Ebron is the the most surprising pick, but it's also been surprising to me on how Vance has handled this Mm -hmm. because he's been very supportive of Ebron. He's like, I don't care if I don't ever catch a pass again as long as we're winning football games. That's the thing that surprises me, but the surprising play obviously would go to Ebron. That's what I expect from Vance, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Like that, just knowing what kind of character guy he is. This is a guy who was honored to lead Bible study for the team. Oh, you know, that, that's yeah. his role in that locker room. He sees yeah. himself very much as a leader, super yeah. humble guy. That's exactly what I would expect from him, no doubt. Yeah, that's great, man. Okay, running back. Um, obviously, Connor. I mean, I wrote Connor off early. After that week one, I thought James Connor, you know, the nails were in his coffin and he was bagged up. Most of Steeler Nation was writing him off after Snell had 100 yards week two. Yeah, I mean, I really thought Snell and McFarland were the future of that backfield and not like the future was now. But Connor just came back and made me eat my words and has continued to make me eat my words week after week. So, James Connor, you are the most surprising running back on the team. For me, the big surprise is Anthony McFarland. Being able to kind of get in and get snaps in the offense early uh, is, is a big surprise because that's something usually Steelers don't even give to, um, to, uh, to running backs at all. Twitter here, they were, they're um, impressed the most with Benny as well, doing the short yardage stuff, getting 100 yards in the only game that he's had. So we, we've got three great options right now. And I know that they kind of pulled – um, Samuels, they're still utilizing him. He's actually a very good blocker and a very good pass catcher. He had yeah. that big block also on that uh, goal line run, the end around by uh, Claypool in the last game. He held his, man, held his man up, and Claypool kind of even got to pick which way he wanted to go through that block. Yeah. Started to the outside and got through there quicker which than just, refs could even see that he scored a touchdown. I was going to say, which was <laughs> that was such a ballsy move because the right. safe play- the safe play was to cut it up and just take dive in. But no, he's like, no, I'm fast enough to get around here. That's just the kind of – when you have that kind of athleticism, you can get away with stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, offensive line. Dot, obviously. <laughs> Dot, it's got to be. I mean, that's easy pick right there. Or yeah. Chooks. Chooks. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't, that's who I'd, I'd state is, is, you know, Chooks coming in, competition right there with Banner the entire year, just barely losing out to Banner for that right tackle spot. And, guys, yeah. now – Steeler Nation, you're seeing how close that battle was and why it was such a tough decision because Banner and Chooks are starting right tackles in this league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, moving forward, we might have our starting bookends next year with those two guys. You just yeah. never know what's going to happen with Villanova, Villanueva in free agency. But 
we'll see. Me too. I miss Zach too, man. He's a great guy as well. We have a great interview with Zach Banner too. If you want to check out the interviews on the Steeler Nation podcast page, SteelerNation.com. Uh, working the defense. I'll just still have you lead. This is fun. Okay. Let's talk like about it. the defensive line. Who's defensive your surprise line? Alulu, easily, yeah. <laughs> easily. Had no idea what he was going to bring to the table. Yep. I was, I was a big Hargrave guy, as you guys know, listening to this. Yeah. And I still am. I think Hargrave yeah. was amazing when he was here. Exact, definitely performed above expectations. It was big shoes to fill for Alulu, but he absolutely has and maybe has even performed better than Hargrave was. So Alulu has found the fountain of youth and is living up to that top 10 draft pick finally. Yeah. And, I mean, that defensive line is just absurd. And it helps out that you're playing between right, right. it and Hargrave, right. which when they're both healthy, they both play at Pro Bowl, All-Pro level. So Absolutely. right there, my surprise on the defensive line, which is a smaller surprise. Obviously, Alu Alu is my number one. But the smaller surprise, it is still healthy. There Knock you go. on wood. There you go. Knock on wood. <laughs> Keep it up there, too. Gotcha. I'm going to see you healthy all year because this is – as Steeler fans, we're finally getting to see – how disruptive this defensive line is with a fully healthy Alu-Alu and a fully healthy Tua and a fully healthy Hayward. Beautiful to watch. Last two weeks, I think you've really started to see Tua come into his own as well. Yeah. Just start wrecking stuff, making big plays. Yep. Forced a fumble last week among, you know, the sack and everything. He's, he's a force, man. Yeah. Linebacker, I want to get – who's your most surprising player right now at linebacker? I think I could go one of two ways here. I'll stick with Vinny. Vinny hasn't been super surprising because I, I definitely thought this is what he can do. You know, we know he's a good blitzer. We know he can stuff yeah. the run. But he's been pretty solid in coverage, too, so far this year, man. It's just kind of been an all-around energy guy, every snap, you know, every down kind of linebacker that you can rely on. So, overall, I think there's not many surprises to be had in that linebacking core because yeah. we expect big things from all of them. So, so far, man, I, I'll take Vinny just because, but – I'll, I'll see who you go with to see if it's well, the other guy. No, I was taking Vinny as well. Okay. But I have to go with him because he's leading the league in tackles for loss. There you go. Our see? inside linebacker is leading the league in TFLs. That's huge. That is. Uh, that's nuts. With one <laughs> with one fewer game played than a lot right? of other teams. I mean, so. so that's the guy I go with. Otherwise, like a smaller one would be um, Bud Dupree, you know, outpacing TJ right now in the sacks. That's so fair. I just think the both of them working together, they're just both so athletic. They're both driven. And now TJ, dude. TJ last game, jumping the snap. That's that's something you see out of, like, J.J. Watt. Like, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. film study. He right. on, I was watching those plays. I'm like, he's offside. And then they show right. the replay. He's like, nope, he's on the snap of the ball. And it's like, wow. He's like, he found something in the cadence. He's doing that game stuff where he's like, you know, this is what Mayfield does, and I'm going to be across the line of scrimmage when that ball snapped, not after right. that ball snapped. Yeah. My other guy definitely would have been high. Mama was the last guy I saw that would, that would I mean, do this. Obviously. The, yeah. the king of – the absolute king of that. Jumping snaps. But what were you saying, Hunter? I was going to say my other guy would have definitely been Highsmith, just stepping in, you know, making plays, making himself felt and known already as a rookie. That's, that's a big deal. I wasn't sure that he would see real defensive reps this early in his career, but it's pretty clear that they trust him over Ola Adeni already. So, yeah. it's, that's surprised me a little bit. Yeah, and on Twitter here, we had a, somebody said that they were going over uh, – thank you, man. Is that Mandy? I, I have terrible eyesight, uh, so I can't read your name, but I, they're saying um, he was queuing to <laughs> Baker's hand signal. There's motion right at the snap. So wow. that's cool. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch that because that's something cool to break down because I like doing film stuff. And thanks, Mark. I appreciate that, Mark. And um, so, that's you cool. know, he would, so TJ was queuing off of this hand motion. 
and I'll go through and I'll see if I put together an article or something on that. So cool. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. So M-A-R-D-T-C-L-E. Are you in Cleveland? Are you a Cleveland fan? I wasn't sure what the C-L-E after that. <laughs> but that's cool. That's sleeper. Thank you for uh, letting us know that because to be able to pick that up and watching it too is a nice thing to be able to see. I love watching sure. inside stuff that when you're watching, when you're watching plays and when you're watching the game in general. Uh, quarterback, who's your top surprise at cornerback right now? Literally, I guess That's Mike Hill. Play. Born in Cleveland, raised a Steeler fan. Love there we go. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think because all the corners have been solid as expected, but I guess Mike Hilton being as much he, – he's making a lot of big plays. He's making himself felt maybe more than I expected. I always thought yep. Mike Hilton was scrappy and solid and everything, but he's been an outright you know game changer early yep. on. Maybe the best cornerback of the four in terms of just impact on the game. So yep. that surprises me, yeah. Yeah, that's me. You know, Mike's. We we obviously were expecting some level of excellence from our our bookends with uh, you know Hayden and Nelson and Sutton is doing. A, he's actually Sutton stepping up a little bit this year. Absolutely, making some impact plays now, and it's good to be able to see him make those impact plays and dime. So, I can't remember if he had his interception before or after uh, Hilton went out, but yeah, still, it's nice to see him coming up through another nickel corner who's also edge capable making plays for the for the defense absolutely it's a it's an abundance of riches there in the secondary so the final one would be safety yeah Terrell Edmonds easily I mean I think people people love trashing him and everybody wants to talk about how terrible Terrell Edmonds is but I haven't I know about you striker I haven't heard too much of that these past couple weeks man the guy has upped his game he's been solid he's been locked down coverage on tight ends which is what they've always needed he's been great you know there's nothing to complain about with Edmonds and obviously Minka probably would have been my answer before last week, but then we got to yeah. see Minka do some Minka stuff again. I'm way less worried about him now. It was good to see. Yeah. And Terrell Edmonds. That I would mean, have been a surprise in the other way, right? Right, so, yeah. right, right. So I think Marcus Allen has a chance to leapfrog Edmonds in this discussion if he gets some real inside linebacker reps. I know he would be considered a linebacker, but like for all intents and purposes yeah. of this discussion, moving from safety to linebacker and actually excelling in that role would be super surprising for me. And I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, I was one of the biggest Edmonds bashers last year, but this year I was quickly quick to jump off of that because they're utilizing him well. He's making tackles. He's keeping people in front of him. He'll, he might make a mistake that here or there early on, but he's been getting better and better every game. And now sure. he's getting downright solid and should his athleticism – now is catching up to the, the game speed, he's going to get even better. He's going to make more impact plays. And that's it's nice to see him progress because you're actually watching him progress this season. It right. felt like Bud Dupree t- two years ago. Exactly, exactly. He's and I want, better and better and better and better every game. Yeah. I want to toss one back to you, Stryker, because sure. we skipped a, and we skipped an interesting unit, and I want to see oh, who good. you go with wide receiver. Oh, my gosh. We missed wide receiver. I forgot to even put it on the list. There you go. So my I biggest, know who you well, got. My biggest surprise at wide receiver obviously has to be the low-hanging fruit of Chase Claypool. I mean, right. nobody expected him to be that impactful that quickly. And the, the amazing thing to me was he, he made his impact early his first three games on very little targets. Mm-hmm. You know, he might get three, four targets a game, but he was, he was making every catch on all those targets. I think he, made, he was six for six on his first six targets first two games and then he, he had missed a couple targets one was like way over his head obviously that's you know targets are an interesting stat but sure. I it against him but you know for him to be and then the fourth game they're just like okay we're going to try to work him into this game a little bit more right and wow wow <laughs> you know it's just like that is easily the best 
I haven't seen a rookie wide receiver performance like this since Lewis Lips. Yes, I don't look it, but I am an old head. There it uh, is. Back in the 80s, growing up in the 80s, growing up learning how to root for defense as well, Lewis Lips bursting on the scene was an amazing, amazing score. And I think he also had six touchdowns right out of the first uh, five or six games as well in his, his career. So That's crazy. You know, that's something a, else. Yeah. That's a good pick for sure. I would go with Juju probably, honestly. I thought yeah. – he would be more impactful, but in the same breath, I want to say that it's surprising of how much he has embraced being the team player, doing a little bit of everything, being dirty and hard-nosed and all those things that you kind of the Heinz Ward role just without the targets. And he does not seem to care one bit that he's not getting the targets and the yards. He's, he's enjoying winning and enjoying being part of the team. It's awesome to see. So I never really thought, as, as you guys know, listening to the show, I never thought Juju was as much of a diva or anything like that anyway. So I don't want to act like I'm super surprised by this, but it's good to see it actually play out yeah. that Juju isn't getting the numbers and just flat out doesn't care. But I did think that Juju was going to ball out this year and be, you know, I thought he and Deontay would both be a thousand yard receivers. Just Chase has been way better than even I thought he would be. Yeah. This, this soon. Nobody, no one could have seen this. I mean, this yeah. is. This is, you know, Randy Moss was the only other receiver that ever broke out and was a monster. And again, 1,300 yards, 17 yeah. touchdowns his rookie year. I mean, that's – You want to talk I mean, about talk about some <laughs> comparisons, man. Yeah. Claypool, Claypool's getting compared to Randy Moss and Megatron a lot. That's not a bad place to be. <laughs> ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So we always like ending with Drink Iron City. He always loves asking us questions, and he always asks great ones. So, DIC, uh, I know um, – he said, are we as good as our record has been? Has the schedule been our friend? I think it's easier opponent has shown to grow, allowed us to grow to game speed due to no preseason. Uh, for me, I think that the schedule has been perfect the way it's lined up for the Steelers because not having a preseason to face the Giants first, that's mm -hmm. a team that's completely rebuilding, new quarterback, that was a good matchup for the Steelers. You know, second week, who did we see week two? That was um, – why am I drawing a blank? Oh, jeez. Denver? Was it Denver? Yeah, Denver. Okay, Denver, cool. Then, then uh, Houston, right? Houston, so, yeah. Philly. It, it got progressively. So Denver was a little harder. They were a little bit more together, but still with a new quarterback. And then Houston had a, had a good quarterback, but it was, that was more of a – I mean, everybody going into that week, it's like, oh, now we're going up against a good quarterback, a mobile quarterback, see how we look against like a, uh, a, a Jackson-type led uh, offense. So get a little pre-screen yeah. well against him. Then Tennessee got bumped, and we played um, uh, the Eagles. Who, who, my gosh, the Eagles! I feel bad for them because they're they've got a great quarterback. Their offensive line didn't give them any time, but he made it a game with yeah. zero time. So that was a really good challenge for us as well. And then the best challenge last week: hey, hey four and one uh, Browns—they're for real. They got a running game. Here they go yeah. against the Steelers. Steelers like no. So as far as for not having a preseason, yes, you know we are a. We are our record. We are undefeated. But if we had those games in a different order, we might not have been. If we played yeah. the Browns first, we might have lost. Well, look, um, like I'll gladly punch holes in this. I know this is like yeah. the, yin, the yinzer way to do it, but yeah. Denver is not as bad as the record indicates. They just beat New England, first of all. They just beat New England. So they're not a terrible team. The defense has been opportunistic for them. That was a tough game. You win that one. Houston should have beat Tennessee last week. I know should have doesn't matter in the NFL, but like Tennessee had no business beating Houston last week. It was just, it was poor play down the stretch by Houston, just 
clock mismanagement, terrible plays down the stretch. They literally blew that one. Tennessee should be yeah. undefeated. Philly just almost beat the Ravens, lost by two, gave them a run at the end, made them earn every bit of that. So these teams' records are not and, and great. And almost took the lead on us on that 58-yard field. Goal. Absolutely. And, and the Giants the, – the Giants actually do suck, so I'll give you that one. They're terrible. But, <laughs> but the, rest of, the rest of these teams are not really that bad. And, and the yeah. Browns, okay, the Browns are 4-1 and one coming into that game, yeah. and that's the most dominant the Steelers looked of all. So I think they've proven enough at this point to be It's considered. also helped the Steelers kind of like get ramped up and have their offense get to a point where they're starting to get more comfortable. You saw that in the Eagles game where, yeah. you know, once they hit the second half, they were scoring every play. Yeah. Every, every drive they were scoring. And it Crazy. continued over into that Cleveland game. So now it looks like this offense is so balanced where they can do so many things with running the football, balancing it with short passing, balancing with the intermediate passing, or taking a shot to Claypool or Washington down the, down the seam or down the middle or down the edge. And, yeah. you know, they, this is the perfect recipe to start facing tough teams. Yeah. Now you know what they are offensively. They're a balanced team, and they're starting to, to click. And now defensively they're showing you, they're getting after the run. They're getting after the quarterback. And yeah. This is going to make it I, – I think teams have to start thinking now, how are we going to beat Pittsburgh as opposed to Steeler fans start thinking, how are we going to beat this team? Because Absolutely. Steelers are so, so talented across the board on defense and they're doing everything at an elite level. And on offense, they're just so balanced that even Joe Thomas said last week, you know, it's, e it's easier to stop a team with one A-plus receiver than a whole team of B receivers. Right. New England over the years. That's what they oh, have. Yeah. That's all what B they receivers. And that's always you know, did. Yeah. And I think, I think also it's kind of easier to say uh, when you look at the NFL as a whole, there's no truly dominant team this year that just stands out from the pack. You know, the chiefs have already shown some flaws. The Ravens have lost and shown some flaws. Seattle looks great offensively, but their defense is pretty tragic. That's going to get exposed at some point. Yeah. There's no team that just looks like they're running away with every, I kind of thought the bills were that yeah, team and then, I did too. And then I mean, Tennessee smashed them. So yeah. who knows at this point, Tennessee obviously looked amazing. And then the Texans did that. And I was like, wait, that was just the Texans did that. <laughs> like, are they, are they that legit? So I don't know what's going on this year. I think this is a weird season in general and it's a lot, I guarantee you it's a lot to do with exactly what you were talking about striker and that no preseason and teams are kind of getting warmed up and ramped up. I think the second half of the season will be a lot more telling as teams are settled in and really kind of playing as their true selves, so to speak. Yeah, and Mark, you got to ask your Cleveland friends, too, if they're starting to lament the fact that uh, they took Baker Mayfield, it's tiny, tiny Baker Mayfield, instead of Josh Allen. So <laughs> Josh Allen looked great in shorts. They should have known better. He looked awesome in shorts. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, he's looking good. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I want to get to a couple. We we forgot yeah, a couple sure. questions here on Facebook. I don't want you guys to feel left out. Obviously, so Daryl on Facebook says, "Do y'all y'all first of all, Daryl? We'll, we'll change that to yins. We'll change that to yins for you. <laughs> all right, Daryl. What's the really? The <laughs> yins truly think besides us going after a quarterback in the draft for Ben replacement, don't we also need a durable running back? Um, I think need. I think need is a strong word there. I don't think they need that. I think a, a durable running back's great. You know, we talk about Tennessee this whole show and talk about Derrick Henry. So it's great to have a running back like that, of course. But I don't think it's a need anymore in today's NFL. And I furthermore believe that Benny Snell and Anthony yeah. make a fine duo anyway. Yes. So you, I'm not you're right. just yeah. not worried about that position at all in general or for the Steelers specifically. So I don't think that's a huge need. And hilarious – 
let's all play some hindsight games here. Everybody was dogging the Steelers for taking Claypool instead of J.K. Dobbins. How do you feel about that now? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know Cleveland – well, that's a good thing. I live in the Baltimore area, so I get to rub that in their face. Because, right. Steelers fans, we all wanted J.K. Dobbins, and he's going to be – he is a good pick, and he's a good pass receiver for the Ravens, and he, we'll see him up close in two weeks. But yeah. I'd rather have Claypool. Exactly, man. <laughs> and exactly. Ravens fans are still looking to be able to draft – and yeah. a wide receiver right. would love to have Claypool. Absolutely. And I think we missed this one last week, Anthony, so sorry about that. But Stryker, he wants to know what happened to your stash. Oh, the, the handlebar mustache. Yeah, I love that one. So, uh, And um, I had it, and I had to shave it because I had an interview with Pepsi about our company. I run a promotions company. So mm. I had to look clean on the Zoom interview, and I had to shave off the stash. But Because oh. uh, I was clean shaven for the longest time because of COVID. I, I was usually rocking a full beard. Nice. Um, so I probably will be getting into to the wintertime. I'll start growing it back here again. Maybe we'll do a competition. We'll see if I can outgrow the red stash or the red mustache and beard. I like that. There. There we go. You will, you will kill me at any kind of facial hair growing contest. You will kill me at that. I don't want in. I'm not, no, I'm not participating. But as you can tell, I shaved right before and I already have a shadow. Yeah, I, exactly. I tell people I, like, I got a noon shadow. I, I can't touch noon. that. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. But we'll close. Michael Mitchell, this is hilarious. Not that Mike Mitchell, not the ex safety. <laughs> so he says, for Hunter, why are the Cleveland Browns the Moe's queso of the NFL? So that. Michael Mitchell with a throwback question here. So when I used to work for DK Pittsburgh Sports, he would constantly dog me because I love Moe's Queso. And I always talk about Moe's Queso. And on road trips, I would stop and get Moe's Queso. So I'm a big Moe's Queso guy. Michael, with the Moe's Queso slander, knows I hate it. He hates Moe's Queso. So, Michael, the Browns are not the Moe's Queso of the NFL because they're terrible. No, oh, yeah, it's it's a bad analogy, man. We need to work. The Steelers are more Moe's queso than the Browns, so that's all I'm saying. I don't know, man. Do you like Moe's queso, Striker? Come on, somebody's got to back me up here. Well, to tell you the truth, I was I'm more of a Chipotle guy, and in our area, they don't have as many Moe's as they do Chipotle's and Baja Fresh. So that's okay. my area. Uh, I have had Moe's before, but I can never remember having their queso. Though I Dude. did have Chipotle's new uh, when they did their. Uh, they're like, uh, what was it called? They're vegan queso. Mm-hmm. My gosh, was that terrible? That's like yeah, the only thing that's awful. in my head right now for a, for a terrible, terrible queso. But right that's... now, an amazing white queso that you can get if you have Safeways next to you. My okay. wife gets it home, and she like when she opens it up in front of me, I'm like, oh damn, we're going to do this, aren't we? Because Hell it just means we're just going to destroy the entire thing of, of queso. It's, I bet. It's I bet queso. It sounds like most kids. Most queso is a nice white queso, just like yeah. you get like any Mexican restaurant. If you get like a queso blanco starter, it's it's just like oh. that. So <laughs> Michael Michael says they are most queso. It looks good, but when you dig into it, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, I always do love the Frito Lay, the orange queso, Terrible. all the medium. That's that's a standard for me. I go through a jar of that pretty yeah. game day, no problem. <laughs> Absolutely. So most queso is amazing, Michael. I'm standing by that. It's it's fantastic. But dude, you're right. Chipotle's queso is trash. Chipotle. Yeah in general is a better restaurant yeah. than those yeah i love the queso is terrible yeah <laughs> all questions from facebook i think yeah well wait 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 okay. one more well, well, you line that up i'm gonna line up uh drink iron city's last question all right, all right um, last it. time that we played 13 straight we had a pretty dang good defense mm-hmm. is the current defense look near compatible to that defense 
remember, this D will grow better this season as it develops. But for, for me, I think that's a really good analogy because both of those defense had a lot of different ways to beat you with a lot of talent across all of the positions. I, I will say, though, I think this team, current team that we have, is better at getting after the quarterback and stopping the run on the line, though, I mean, I, I guess it's apples to apples to apples there because I mean you had Casey Hampton in the middle back then you had uh, yeah. Aaron Smith on the edge with Von Allhoff and I mean that's that's a hell of a line too with with Hampton banging down from the edge as well as you know the, the big interior players who was that back then was that a Kirkland oh no we had um a Farrier Farrier was yeah. the guy. it was yeah Farrier really player of the year the one year there too. Um, well, Farrier, any any Steeler from that era defense, when you hear an interview and they talk about guys, they always say Farrier was the guy yeah. who didn't get any of the love, didn't get the attention, wasn't the star of the show, so to speak, but was the heart and soul of that defense, making the calls, making sure everybody was in the right place, was just the vital component of those defenses. So to answer the question, though, I think you can put – this current Steelers defense up against pretty much any Steelers defense in history. I know what that sounds like, believe me. I know with a team like the Steelers what that sounds like, but just look at the stats. Look at everything they're leading in, the pace they're on to break so many team records this year. It's it's an absolutely ridiculous defense. Yes, it's absolutely up to that standard. And here's one important thing that I just want to throw in is the Steelers 3-4 defense. I mean, obviously they're really known for their pass rushing outside linebackers, but one, the engine of the three, four defense is the Steelers strong safety. And that's one of the few positions that they always go out and attack in free agency when they don't have one. That's, they threw a lot of money at Mitchell. Um, they tried to grab Brown after the Super Bowl. Um, uh, you know, back when he signed with the Cardinals, I guess he had a verbal agreement. Fortunately he signed with the Cardinals because he was, he was horseshit after that. And we ended up trading up in that draft to get Polamalu. So that was a good, good move for the Steelers, but having Polamalu in the middle of that, of that great defense back then in 05, having, now having Mingan Fitzpatrick, uh, also a big playmaking guy, because they're, they're playing him closer to the line. They're not playing him like a, like a free safety anymore. They're kind of yeah. almost rotating the nickel back. Like, you'd see, you'd see Hilton running back to play the deep, or you see, like, Sutton running back to play the deep. And it's just like they want to keep Edmonds and they want to keep uh, Fitzpatrick close to the line of scrimmage so they can make those plays to help that engine of the 3-4 defense make plays and be elite on the backside as well. Yeah. And somebody, if you guys want, you know, a nice little trip down memory lane, go, go to Twitter and look up Ryan Clark talking about the Steelers win over the Browns, because he says some good stuff that you're going to love about how it reminded him of those Steelers defenses and how he wanted to call up all the boys and kind of have a trip down memory lane. So it was a good, really good little segment from Ryan Clark pulled at the old Steelers, Yinzer heartstrings. You guys will definitely like that. I will. That's on his Twitter. Yeah, on Ryan Clark's Twitter. Actually, I think I saw it from Colin Dunlap, the uh, 93.7, the fan media okay. guy. But it he was probably retweeted it. I'll yeah, check that yeah. out. Yeah, I, I definitely. I love me some Ryan Clark. Hey, Ryan Clark ripped into the most epic breakdown of of a uh, Baker Mayfield. He just biblic biblic beatdown of Baker <laughs> Mayfield because he started bringing out things like, you know, you've drafted him to be your savior. Baker Mayfield is no Moses. You oh. are the Cleveland Browns are not Israelites. He is not mm. delivering you to the promised land. And I was like, uh, bam! Uh, that was uh, a great line, Ryan. So, you know, he's you been know, one, he knows how to spin a phrase, man. He's been sitting on that one for a while. You know he's been just <laughs> waiting to say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Hunter, 
it's been another awesome hour with you, man. It's and thank you again for joining us and making this is is fun and it it feels just like a conversation now. It doesn't even feel like a podcast anymore. It goes super fast too. Yeah. So thank thank you guys for all the questions. Of course, that helps. I yeah, love guys, thank you. Twitter. I love thank when you guys you. get engaged. It makes it makes us think about things that maybe we otherwise wouldn't think about too. So it helps us learn. It's awesome. Appreciate <laughs> you guys all chiming in. And yeah, dude, it was awesome. The hour goes faster every week. I think. Oh, I know, man. It's so. Twitter, everybody, follow Hunter on Twitter and Instagram at Hunter A. Homestek. That's at H-U-N-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-I-S-T-E-K. We will see you next week, same time, 2 o'clock, Tuesdays, every Tuesday, live here on Twitter, live here on Facebook. The upload will come up later onto YouTube on our, face, on our YouTube channel. But, of course, the podcast will be released here usually about an hour after the, the vidcast releases. So thanks for joining us in real time, Twitter. Thanks, Facebook. We, we love it. We love having you here. And thank you, awesome. Hunter, too. For, and I'll see you next week, my friend. Of course, man. We'll see you then, 6-0. and oh. I don't know. I'm just saying. I know. Let's go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Later, man. Later, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Visit our title, title sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises, on Twitter to be a part of their signed merch giveaway done every week. This week being that Bud Dupree jersey, guys. Jump on there, retweet it, try to win that Bud Dupree signed jersey. You two can get great, unique gifts on the SteelerNation.com gear page. Like this awesome shirt I am wearing, Yins. Get the Champions shirt at SteelerNation.com. Click on the gear page. It's soft as hell. It fits great. Guys, it's every size and color you need for, to satisfy your virtual Steeler Nation tailgates. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click the forum button for the best football discussion on the web. Subscribe to the SteelerNation.com YouTube channel to be part, the first to know about our live vidcasts and video uploads. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the SteelerNation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. Instagram us at SteelerNationPodcast. Or follow me on both Instagram and Twitter at SNStriker, striker spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I am your host, G Striker, with Hunter Homestek, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.